When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Good morning, Kiwi. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. I actually I went out in the city last night. I was out pretty late, and so I'm 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 a little surprised. I'm kind of I'm very peppy. Uh, I'm kind of silly. Um, <laughs> I I'm a little I am I'm I'm a little surprised that uh, that I, I'm this this way but um but having fun i mean listen it's sunday morning it's week six it's a great slate of games today right like like kansas city and the bills i mean come on later on tonight the cowboys and the eagles come on i mean it's 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 a great i'm more excited about this slate than i have about uh, quite a few other slates that we've seen uh this in in previous weeks so really excited about it let's dive into it as always i'm sorry go ahead I say it's also we're getting towards the, the part of the year where, uh, you know, teams are starting to have, you know, their their systems in place. And so mm-hmm. the expectations are higher for the teams that are doing well. You know, it's not so not so up and down. You have games, like you said, that you can circle this week and say, hey, I'm definitely going to watch this one because of the way that they're playing. So, yeah, it's this is definitely a, this is a good part of the season. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So much I want to dive into. As always, we spend 70 percent of the show talking about the Giants and the Jets. The other 30% uh, on on everything else. But let's start right there. Let's start with the Giants. They're home 4-1 against a Baltimore Ravens team and Lamar Jackson coming to town. I I know I might sound crazy here, but I'm more excited about watching this game, Kiwi, than I am the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is why. Wink Martindale was with the Baltimore Ravens for 12 years. His last four years, he was a defensive coordinator. He knows Lamar Jackson better than anyone else. He loves to play zone coverage. He, he, I'm sorry. He likes to play man coverage with over 50% blitz. Lamar Jackson eats that, for, eats that for breakfast. You, you, we both know this. You don't, you don't play man against a quarterback who can run like him. You don't want your DBs with their backs to him. He'll, he will take off, right? But that is what Wink that's – his, that's his system. It's what he plays. So this is going to be the ultimate chess match. This is going to be the ultimate battleship, sink my battleship match that we're going to see between Wink and how he's going to disguise his packages, his blitz packages, his defenses against a quarterback that he knows extremely well. I can't wait for this matchup. And, and granted, it's, it's a team sport. I get it. But Lamar Jackson against Wink Martindale, to me, is worth the price of admission today. Absolutely. I, I think going back to that Giants game last weekend at the end of the game, um, you know, two blitzers off the edge who were obviously told to get their hands up immediately, meaning that, you know, they were instructed because they knew that this was going to be an automatic check. It reminded me of playing for Spags, you know, having a having a defensive coordinator who is, is so, you know, like humble, but also confident 
and is correct more often than not you know you can you can send people into like right into the play you know listen guys just trust me on this one if you do this i want you to take two steps get your hands up because you know they both jumped in sync so to me it's like hey they were they were instructed to do that you know because at least one of them would have kept running and trying to and try to get the sack um so you know i think the job that he's done you know, it can't be understated. And the way that these guys have responded to him uh, also can't be understated. And so, you know, going back to a team that knows you very well, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be a chess match. And they're going to have to – he's going to have to do some things to, to to throw them off the scent in terms of what his tendencies are because he's been in that building. He's probably, you know, given you know, other guys the, the, the textbook on, on, on how to beat him. Um, but is he good enough to to now disguise it and get those guys in the same position? I believe he is, and and the way these guys are playing with the confidence that they're playing with, I think there's a this is, this will be a great game. So Leo Williams is expected back today for the Giants, uh, but Ojalari expected not to play. Um, you know how how does how how does that fit into this equation? Obviously, you want all your horses in your stable ready to go, um, and and also just out of curiosity, a guy like Lamar Jackson, like. Do you feel that it, it, it's imperative that you have one of your linebackers, whether it's Crowder? Do you feel that you have a linebacker who should shadow Lamar Jackson? What What are your thoughts on 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 personnel? You can go that route. Yeah, you you can you can go that route. Uh, we did it. You know, going I'm aging myself, but going all the way back to um, Michael Michael Vick, Vick. That was part of yeah. the game plan. Where yeah yeah where you you know there's somebody who's but you know he was such a threat that it was just, just you were I was only designated to watch him like you have no other responsibilities in this defense I, I don't think you go that far with it but at the same time you know when we played um, other quarterbacks who scrambled and were able to make plays Tony Romo comes to mind in the in the NFC East Aaron Rodgers too um, you you everybody has to adjust the way that they're playing everybody has to at all times understand where he is on the field um, get your eyes back to the quarterback as soon as you can if you end up with your back turned and you know as far as a pass rush goes it's more got to use a Fred Robbins quote you need that push you need that push up the middle so however you're going to do it this is not the time to have you know little guys in there slipping blocks and trying to trying to get up the field as fast as they can all four linemen need to be able to push the pocket and collapse the pocket in unison and create less and smaller gaps for him to run through which is a frustrating thing for somebody who's getting paid per sack but at the end of the year when you come out against teams like that you realize that that really is in the best interest of the team is keeping him in the pocket there cannot be any running up the field if you're a defensive end and you find yourself uh, on the on the edge of the tackle by the time you get to the level of the quarterback you need to be coming back down the field because that lane is going to expose the defense um another another topic before we move on to the jets who uh, are in green bay uh, you know again last week we talked about the giants in london okay and you gave us some really great insight in regard to, you know, what that is like game day of. But majority of teams that come back from London go into a bye week. And that's not what happened. However, I want to say I was talking to Jordan Renan, and, and I know we're going to have him on the show in about 20 minutes. And that is, uh, this is a team that left London right after the game. And so they were able to land back in New York on late Sunday night and, and, and then was given Monday and Tuesday off 
to get acclimated. And so Jordan does not think the fact that the Giants do not have a bye week uh, is going to affect this team. But I beg to differ, especially when we get into the fourth quarter. What are your thoughts on that? How do you think London and no bye is going to affect this, this Giants team? I think geographically, New York is is positioned very well to you know play European teams or play a team um, based in Europe or to play mm-hmm. a, a Europe game, because you know it's it's a five hour flight if you're going all the way to the West Coast. It's you know five hour flight if you're going to to London. So to be able to you know if you understand you know how taxing it is on your body you know flying and how dehydrated you're going to be i'm sure i know the the training staff has has gotten them you know extremely hydrated tried to get them their rest and everything so if there is a team that can do it i think it would be some a team that's located in the northeast corridor um and has experience with the giants are and have you know that that same experience now the the experience of playing in London, you know, having, you know, taken your family and, you know, having done all this sightseeing and, and all these things you want to be able to experience and take it in. Cause you got to remember a lot of these guys are, are young guys, um, you know, probably haven't done a whole lot of extensive world travel. And so you don't want to shortchange them in that way, but that does take away from the regular routine of, of football. So it can throw a monkey wrench in there um, specifically for the young guys. But I think, you know, in my experience, it would be a lot tougher if you had to go the extra couple hours, anything, you know, Indianapolis West, you know, when you're trying to get to London and get back that extra couple hours on the plane um, would have had an effect. But I think a, a five hour flight, you know, because we're, we're all used to doing it. You go to San Francisco, you go to L.A., you know, you even go to Arizona and it's, it's the same thing. So I think, um, you know, as long as, as everybody comes back, hydrates, is focused, they'll be all right. Uh, let's talk about the Jets as they um, win last week against the Dolphins and now at a very surprising three and two head to Lambeau Field. But another team, again, who uh, who came back from London, did not get a bye week, now is at home. And one thing that we do know about uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur is that they have, as a tandem, they have not lost two games in a row. Um, what does this mean for the Jets heading to Lambeau Field with, with that type of trend? And I'm sure a, a, a very angry and upset Packers team uh, not expecting to, to, to lose against the Giants last week. Yeah, they, they definitely, you know, they, they weren't expecting them to lose. We weren't expecting them to lose. But I think at some point when you start getting into the this like the the meaty part of the season you, you kind of just you are what you are you know and although you have your your AJ Dillon your, your stud in the backfield you have you know an MVP you know Aaron Rodgers you know throwing the ball and and historically in recent history you've been very successful it's starting to shape out in a different way for them this year so um, I don't I don't think this is an automatic I know they're they're favor they're highly favored what is it five they're minus five to to win or Oh no! So uh, um, so the Jets are getting the Jets are getting seven and a half. So Green Bay is favored by seven, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I, know, I understand that they're they're heavily favored, but I don't necessarily think that this is the year for the Packers. And you know the way that the Jets are playing, when you start to get momentum and you have a coach who, you know, is um, you know can can build that that 
environment with the players, you know, there's an opportunity here for the Jets, and I really believe that they can go in there and not sneak one. You know, for us, it'll be a sneak because we're not expecting them to win. But if they're in that locker room and they they have their their stuff together and they really believe in themselves, this could be the you know one of those trajectory changers of the season, and we could be looking back at the end of the season at the at the Packers like, oh wow, you know, they they really fell off, you know, from London on. Um, so I'm not counting them out. Um, when when you when you played. Did you inquire about who the ref crew was? Or did you have a coach? Did you have a coach who oh, would Coughlin school you guys us, on the ref? Oh, yeah. Coughlin gave us the the rundown on the coaches. So in that, that um, the meeting before we left, so I believe it was like the Saturday meeting before we left, he would tell us who the officiating crew is. He would tell us, um, you know, what the significant statistical analysis is, meaning, you know, this crew has called more, you know, holding penalties than any any team or this 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 crew does not call holding penalties. And, and so he would tell us, listen, you're not going to get this call against this, um, this team, so I don't want to see you guys out there, you know, complaining for it. Um, and as you play and you get, you get a little older in your career, like, you know, I – my, in my experience, you know, like I came in the league and there was a time I was playing John Runyon, right? Philadelphia, great guy, had a great career. And um, running away from the ball, he literally grabbed me by the back of my jersey, turned me around and continued to block me. And I looked at the ref, the ref is standing right behind him. And he said, you're just not going to get that call, young buck. You know? And I was and I was like, I was like, wow, OK, so so this is how it is. Now, fast forward, you know, year nine, you know, a ref would personally come to you and say, hey, listen, I, I can't. I can't overlook this anymore. You, that, this is your last opportunity. You need to get that together. So, um, so you you start to understand the refs, and I think uh, the best way to go about it is to be respectful to the refs. You know, when you when you come off and, and you've had a bad call, mm -hmm. first you got to know which ref is responsible for what. They 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 have a, they have an issue when you when you go to the wrong. Um, referee, if you're looking for a holding call and you're going to the side judge, like they're like that's not my call. You know, if you, they they respect you if you understand who's responsible for what call. And you know, you can say it, you know, you know, you can assert yourself, but you know, keep it respectful. And over time, I believe like that's what will get you the calls that you want because, you know, they can they can call a holding call on every play of the game, but it has to be egregious for them to actually throw the flag. So I have uh, some ref crew information pertaining to the Jets-Packers game that Jets fans might not want to hear, uh, but I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts when we get back um, and what you think about it. And, and if you do feel that these type of um, statistics and trends pertaining to the ref crew... Uh, 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hold true. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Teased with you, um, the, the officiating crew, and, and, and I, I was curious, you know, if coaches in the coaching staff do inform you of these trends. So, um, Cleet Blackman is the officiating crew for this game, for the Jets and the Packers. The Packers are 5-1 and one with him as their officiating crew. They're 5-1. and one. They are first in penalties per game. They throw the most penalties per game. They're first in roughing the passer. And they're the second most penalties in pass interference. So the Jets are first in penalties in roughing the passer, and the Jets have the second most penalties in pass interference. That just doesn't bode That's well for them. That, it just doesn't bode well that, for them today with the officiating crew. And, and, and again, I, just, I tee this up for you. I'm curious, if I'm the coach and you're a Jets player and I tell you, okay, Blackman is, is the officiating crew, Packers are 5-1 and one with him as, their officiated, as, as part of that crew, and, and here's their, their trend and their statistics, statistics in regard to penalties, roughing the passer and passing interference. And we are, we are the worst in the NFL with it. What do you make of that? What, what should the Jets do with that information? You got you to gotta, you gotta call people out individually who are, who are creating these penalties and let them know, you know, you don't want to take the dog out of them. So you don't want to change the way that they're approaching the game and the way that they're playing. But they have to understand that. There was a year, you know, Coughlin called me out and he said, son, you are leading the league in quarterback hits. You know, and it sounds like a good step, but he's like, that means that the quarterback has thrown the ball and you're still hitting him. You know, so you have to you have to figure out what that fine line is. And when you go into a game with a referee that you know is watching for a specific call, you, you have to understand that the game could come down to one of your actions. And that's that's when it stops becoming a joke. You know, that's when it's like, you know, when he calls you out in front of in front of the team, you know, you don't want to be the individual who goes in and, and does the, the mistake that you've already been warned about. Yeah, we were always told, we were always informed the same way you did, you know, who the staff is, um, you know, what their tendencies are, how many of their uh, most calls and, and least calls are. And, and he would tell us, listen, like Coffin was, you know, he was, he was a little different. You know, he, he didn't want us to don't hit the quarterback, don't do this, da, 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 da. but you know, our defense coordinators always understood, like, you can't now go out and completely change the way that you're playing. I don't want you to play timid. You know, I still want you to go out there and perform. But you have to be aware and be cognizant that this is a call. So if you get into that situation, right, if you get into, um, you know, third and long in the fourth quarter and, you know, they they need this drive to continue, we need to stop this drive, that's when you have to play smart football. And they don't, they don't ever really say, like, what is smart? You have to go out there and make that judgment call for yourself. And if you make it to the NFL, you should be able to know and understand, okay, um, you know, given the course of the game, given the way that the, the game has been officiated through, you know, these first three quarters, you know what they're going to call and what they're not. And you cannot let the game get taken away from you because of a mistake that you knew, um, because of a situation that you knew you were going to find yourself in. Uh, in. Interesting to see how this all plays out, Jets fans, okay? Um, 800 919 It's going to come up. 
Yeah, I, no, I believe it will. And, and but it will be interesting to see how that affects the outcome of the game. Right, Kiwi? Um, because we're talking two we're talking two drastic sides here. You're talking about officiating crew that throws the most roughing the passer and the second most pass interference. And you're talking about a team that's number one in penalties in roughing the passer and number two in pass interference. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about two extremes. But we're and also talking about we're also talking about this season specifically and how ridiculous some of these rough in the passer calls have been, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not, this isn't just a regular year. We've some, we've seen some, some real, real like bogus calls in terms of roughing the passer, which have cost teams games. That's the difficult part. When you go out there and you tackle a quarterback textbook, you put your hand out, you do not put your full body weight on the cut. You have a strack, a sack strip, you know, and a, a, a fumble recovery, and they still take that away from you? I mean, as a defensive player, that's one of the most frustrating things because, hey, coach, I did everything exactly how I was supposed to. That, in you know, the eyes of, a, of every defensive coordinator, that's a perfect play. You know, sack, strip, fumble recovery. I mean, the only thing left that you could have done on that play to gain points is, is to score a touchdown. So um, it's, it's got to be frustrating you know, for these guys. And in this situation, you know, given, you know, the, you know, like what the stats you just threw out there, you know, these refs calling that call and the, and the jets being, you know, a top of the list and, in, in, you know, these penalties, like it's going to come up at some point, it's going to happen. He's Matthias Kibunuka. I'm Anita Marks. When we come back, Rich Samini, who covers the jets is going to be joining us next right here on New York game day, 90.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Uh, the wonderful and fabulous uh, Rich Samini joins us, who has his own podcast called Flight Deck. Uh, how you doing? Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning, Anita. Here's something you'd like. I just drove past the exit for Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. <gasps> A little, little, golf, little golf nugget for you as I'm heading uh, to Green Bay. Uh, one of the most amazing golf courses that is definitely on my bucket list to play by the way so um i'm just jelly that you drove by um that's awesome um first i played form- there i played there many years ago by the way so but let's talk football <laughs> <laughs> um let, let, let's talk about this this jets team right three three and two they must be feeling really really good about themselves you know what 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 has what was the attitude what was the feeling what was the vibe around this team uh this week yeah, and you said the words, feeling really good about themselves. You almost worry a little bit that maybe they're feeling a little too good. Uh, 
But it's a young team that's developing a real sense of confidence. I really sensed it after the game last week, uh, the Miami win. I mean, the, the previous two wins were kind of take your breath away, come from behind wins in the fourth quarter. But the Miami game was a beatdown in the fourth quarter. And you could see the Jets, they had that swagger after the game. They were just relishing that Quinn and Williams stiff arm to Tyreek Hill. So I get the sense that that did wonders for the Jets' confidence, and I felt that all week in the locker room. Good morning, Rich. How you doing? Morning, Kiwi. So you, you spoke about um, something that I wanted to touch on, right? You're talking about, you know, their um, their confidence potentially be, becoming overconfidence. And so my question was, do you think that they have the experience or maturity, however you want to phrase it, to sustain this? Like when you when you look at them and you see how they're they're celebrating this week, is do you think that this is a team that gets it and understands how long an arduous season is? Well, I don't know the answer to that question because they're going through it for the first time. So we're going to find out as we go. I, I didn't mean to suggest that they were celebrating all week. Um, I just got the sense that they were a lot more confident than they had been. And it's an interesting mix on the team because they have so many young guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. They have those young guys. But they also have a lot of older guys, the Dwayne Browns. Uh, Joe Flacco, even though he's not playing now, you know, still a leader behind the scenes. Um, guys like that, Connor McGovern, and, you know, this week, Vinny Curry coming back. You know, Vinny's one of the older guys on the team. I know always regarded as a good leader. So it's a lot of young guys, a few really old guys, and some in between. So it's a very interesting mix. I'm curious to see how they respond. Yeah, you mentioned you've got a column up right now, Curry uh, making his Jets debut against the Packers, and, and, and what an opportune time, right? Because now this is a Packers team. They lost to the Giants last week in London. Uh, the trend is with Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers, they don't lose back-to-back games. I'm sure they're pretty they're pretty hot right now. They know they can't afford to lose because the Minnesota Vikings more than likely are going to beat the Dolphins this week with a third-string quarterback and Skylar Thompson. So, you know, what are you expecting from this defense against arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, but Rodgers, if you look closely at his numbers, he's not this is not a Rodgers type of year. In fact, if you look at his QBR, it's the worst of the five game start in his career. Uh, You know, so he's not putting obviously he's going through growing pains with his new wide receivers and the Jets. They know that. They didn't really want to talk about it publicly, but they know that he's not quite clicking with all those new guys. Uh, Their running game is really good, though. And the the one-two punch they have with Dylan and Jones really has the Jets' attention. Those guys are very good. Uh, I think the Jets, kind of the opposite of their game plan from last week, they overplayed the pass. You know, they were so concerned about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell that they played a lot of pass coverage, a a lot of zone too deep zone this week. I think it might be a little bit of the opposite. I think maybe they'll overplay the run a little bit and try to clamp down on the running game. Yeah, I don't think that'll be a bad idea. Going through your your timeline, you mentioned that they're one of the best fourth quarter teams. You know, they went from uh, one of the worst to, to one of the best. What do you think changed, or or what do you think um, created you know that fourth quarter team that we that we see this this year? Well, number one, and this is so simplistic, Kiwi, but I think it's one of the definite reasons, is just that they have better talent. I mean, usually 
you know, to use a cliche, the cream rises in the fourth quarter. That's where the best teams usually prevail. The NFL is a fourth quarter league. And I just think the Jets have better talent. I think there's some coaching adjustments involved. I think conditioning is an issue. And, you know, and I mentioned this in my column this morning, you know, we can't ignore the fact that they have gone against two rookie quarterbacks in the last two victories. I mean, they got Skylar Thompson, who was making his NFL debut off the bench, by the way, and the same with Kenny Pickett, a rookie making his NFL debut off the bench. And there's no doubt that's been a factor as well. They have not really faced an upper echelon quarterback you know, since uh, since Burrow or Jackson, and they lost both those games. So that's why this game is so big for the Jets, because obviously Rodgers is an upper-tier quarterback, no doubt about that. Numbers aside, he's still Aaron Rodgers, and that's why I think today is so interesting for the Jets. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on New York Game Day. Uh, make sure you check out his podcast, Flight Deck. Before I let you go, let's talk about Brees Hall and, and what a season he's having. Boy, if you drafted him in fantasy, God bless. Um, how how important do you feel the rushing attack for the Jets is going to be today against the Green Bay Packers? And and how good or how how bad is their rush defense? Well, their numbers are, I think they're ranked in the, what are they, top five in total defense, but it's so misleading. If you look at it closely and you look at these games game by game, their run defense is not that great. I think they're giving up about 4.8 per carry. So there's definitely some yards to be had. Rashawn Gary is a question mark. With a, I think he literally will be a game-time decision. If he's their leading sacker. If he doesn't play, obviously a big help to the Jets. So, yes, I think the Jets, what happened last week is I think they found their identity. They were throwing the ball so much in the first three games of the year. Last week, they found their ground game. Brees Hall, 197 total yards, an amazing game. Michael Carter with the two touchdowns. That's who the Jets are. That's who the Jets should be because it helps Zach Wilson. You saw him last week. All he had to do was manage the game. And, you know, no turnovers, mm-hmm. very efficient performance, uh, his highest completion percentage of his career. So that's who the Jets are, and I think they can be that today against Green Bay, who's obviously having some issues against the run. So, Rich, before we let you go, uh, you know, game script. Uh, how, how does this all play out? What do you expect today? Well, Jet fans might not want to hear this. I just, uh, I'm gonna. I think the Packers are gonna prevail in a close game, and I think the Jets are just as good as the Packers, maybe even better in certain positions. I just think the Rodgers factor at home. They've won 15 straight regular season games. Uh, they've won. You mentioned earlier, Anita, the the streak after losses. I think they've won 12 in a row after losses. So they don't usually lose two in a row. There's a sense of urgency there. And I think Rodgers makes a play or two at the end and pulls it out. But I see a very tight ball game today. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on New York Game Day. Rich, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the game later on this afternoon. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. You got it. By the way, uh, this portion of the show brought to you by FW Webb and Wheel McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's 100-plus locations for unparalleled Wheel McLean inventory. Visit FW dot fwweb.com to find a convenient location near you also brought to you by bud light enjoy your game day and slowman's low price heating oil 24-hour service call 866 oil deal right now to see how much you can save this winter on heating oil with slowman's again that's 866 
oil deal. When we come back, it is time for Kiwis keys to the game. What do the Jets need to do in order to beat the Green Bay Packers today? We'll hear from Kiwi next, 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Get ready for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. That's right. It's time for Kiwi's Keys to the Game, brought to you by FW Webb and Wheel McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's 100-plus locations for unparalleled Wheel McLean inventory. Visit fwweb.com to find the convenient location near you. Also brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. With that being said... Matthias, give me your keys. Key number one, what do the Jets need to do today to beat the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, the keys this week are, are very simplistic. They're some of the easiest concepts to grasp, but you know some of the hardest things to do in football. And I think Rich t- touched on a couple of these. Number one, you got to stop the run. Green Bay is uh, 11th in the league, you know, 134 yards rushing per game, and they're only they're 21st in the league, 227 yards passing per game. <clears throat> so you, they're going to rely heavily on their on their run game. Whatever comes out of the backfield needs to be stopped. Um, number two, you got to run the ball. Why do I say this? Because they're fourth in the league in time of possession. You know, when you run the ball, you control the clock. That was always something that was preached to us in college and in, and in the league. You know, you want to have your offense out there controlling the ball. It gives the other team less opportunities, and it puts the um, the game back into your hands. And then the third key is they have to get off the field on third down. You know, they're giving up third down completions at 48%, the Jets are, which is 29th in the league and that to me at this point in the season is something that's very concerning because getting off the field on third down is is crucial when you talk about trying to win um, games to, to get into the playoffs you know Rich said it like this is a fourth quarter league and games or the parity in the league is ridiculous games are always going to come down to it so they've got to be able to get off the field on third down so real simple stop the run run the ball control the time of possession and get off the field Love it. Those are Kiwi's keys to the game. Uh, When we come back, we kick off our number two. We do have Jordan Renan, who's going to be joining us, of course, to give us some insight on the Giants matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. We'll also have my locks of the week. I went 3-0 again last week, which means... I'm 12 in three on the season, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, That's not normal. So uh, pretty proud about myself, but uh, not not to be a negative Nelly, Um, but waiting for the, the... (laughs) Waiting waiting for one of those weeks, I go 0-3. Hopefully it's not this week. So I have my locks of the week coming your way this hour. And, of course, uh, Kiwi and I dive into some of the hottest topics heading into week six of the NFL season. So sit tight. You still have a lot more coming your way. Mike Tannenbaum is going to join us at the top of the 10 a.m. hour. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.